Hey there, my name is Lexi, and thank you so much for tuning in to Lex Chat today. You can catch these live conversations on Wednesdays, Eastern Time, on my Instagram at LexiATL, L E X C A T L, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. And then you can catch the replays on Mondays at 8 a.m. on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. In today's Lex Chat, we are going to talk about the, uh, the biggest topic out right now is the passing of Takeoff from the group, the rap group, The Migos. And mm, even though this might seem a little too soon, right, to be talking about it, I think it opens up another opportunity to have a very necessary conversation like way more honest than people want to be about this kind of conversation. So I want to take this opportunity and I want to take this episode of Lex Chat to really get into my thoughts on the whole situation with Takeoff and get into the deeper conversation of how, you know, people want to say that you can't blame music for something, but I believe you can. People want to blame the guns for the reason why this happened, but a gun is just a tool we should be blaming the mentality that too many people have as far as little regard for human life, little value for human life. And those are just some of the things that I want to get into. And so if this sounds like a conversation you want to get in on, you want to listen in on, then please stay tuned for the Lex chat. Okay, so I uh, I don't even really much feel like doing a Lex check and all of those things. Um, I guess I can do a real, real quick rundown, but I'm doing okay. I'm getting over my sickness. Well, sickness, it's more of an allergy thing. My sinuses are finally clearing out, so I sound a lot better than I did last week even. And no more headaches. Been taking allergy pills. I feel better. Um, but did a new harmony tutorial to the song Moment in Time by Cherish. So y'all be on the lookout for that. Um, <clears throat> other than that, what else is going on in my life? I mean, super, super, super slow season at the studio, which is very scary. But, uh, you know, we are getting through the season, I guess you could say. So, yeah started uh I tested out working a job but it's too far and the money's not good enough for me to continue at that place so not doing that no more the cat is currently scratching at the door she wants to start as soon as I start recording other than that um doing good you know I can't complain um I got to do some vocals for someone the other day. I got to record a Russian artist this morning, which is definitely a much welcome break from the type of music I'm usually recording, which is the rap music. And yeah, that's pretty much all that's been going on with me. I really want to jump right into this topic. Hold on real quick. I got to tap this cat so she'll stop scratching on my damn door. Hold on. There's no one on the other side. Okay. 
Hopefully she can chill through this Lex chat. So I really want to get into the conversation of, you know, what happened with Takeoff and his passing, that whole situation. Don't give me problems. I'm going to kick you out. Hold on. I forgot to do some editing stuff on my end. And uh, this is honestly a very heavy conversation (laughs) that uh, I don't necessarily feel good about using this event as a piece of content, but I do think it is important that we use, you know, what's going on in pop culture, what's happening in the world around us to learn lessons and to understand why we do certain things as artists and why we don't do certain things as artists. And I think this is an unfortunate situation, but it is something that we can definitely learn from. So first off, if you haven't heard, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but literally all over my Instagram feed, you know, uh, wake up one morning. What day was that? I don't know. A couple of days ago, I guess. Wake up and it's like eight, nine in the morning. Check my Instagram and all over Instagram, it's RIP takeoff, RIP takeoff, man. Say it ain't real. Say it ain't true. RIP, RIP. And I'm just like, you know, let me, ch- mm, let me not jump to any conclusions because the internet has a nasty way of wanting to kill someone before the news really even becomes confirmed, right? And in my opinion, it's kind of wishing, not wishing death on that person, but throwing death energy towards someone before really knowing what happens. And that's part of what's so scary about social media is just the speed that things travel. So he was literally shot and killed at like, 2 30 3 o'clock in the morning and by 8 o'clock in the morning it was all over well probably even before that but when I woke up literally just five hours after is when I heard the news of takeoff has been shot and killed in Houston allegedly over a dice game um Greg Keys, you do live in Houston. There's not a lot of official news on this yet here in Houston but the streets is talking though yeah so that's very interesting I mean the latest that I heard and I wouldn't even call it official because it's all on social media but that is our news outlet it was from like Streets 94.5 Atlanta and apparently TMZ reported that I guess the coroner said that Takeoff passed away from wounds of the head and torso um Yeah, there was like a a more official term for it, but basically multiple head wounds, multiple wounds to the torso and then going through the torso into the arm. So it's very likely that not that they had headshots, you know, obviously fatal. Um, Some reports said he was shot in the neck, which hit major artery. Then you obviously it's very hard to survive from that. But um, yeah, and all of this allegedly over a dice game. And there are just so many lessons to be learned from this. I tried, I I wrote down some points that I want to get into as it pertains to this particular situation, but this will end up being more of a ranting kind of Lex chat, more of a ranting kind of episode. 
So y'all just please bear with, bear with me and anybody who's tuned in live on Instagram right now, join into the conversation, share your thoughts. I put out a post on my stories earlier today, you know, asking people, what do y'all think about the passing of takeoff from the group, the Migos? And excuse me, just want to read a few of those responses that I got from people. And based on these responses, as well as some of the thoughts that I've had myself, that's how I'm going to construct, you know, my talking points for this episode. So official Mr. Flat Shoals 74 says, as I've mentioned to you before, the rapper has the most dangerous job in the world. Nothing about someone who comes from the streets or rap about street life is safe. Everybody will say, I got to move different. You can't be in places of danger. You got to avoid situations, which is all true. But the reality is the moment you step outside, your life is in danger. We want out of the struggle, right? Right. We want the money, but you trade everything you've ever known life to be for a lifestyle that you may not want down the road for your personal life. Not the artist, not you will always and forever be the artist to the world. Um, Greg Keys just now in the live chat said, yeah, so Takeoff wasn't playing dice at all. Quavo was getting his pockets ran and his pole didn't take too, his people didn't take too kindly to it. Shots broke out and Takeoff got hit by his own people. So sad. Yeah. And so let's, um, let's work off of what official Mr. Flat Shoals said and what Greg Keys just said in the chat just now. So. Um, some of these things that I'm going to say is probably going to be deemed as unpopular opinions, but they're unpopular and they are harsh. I will admit some of these things are going to be kind of harsh, but, um, ain't really no need to sugarcoat these kind of conversations because we keep having the same conversations. And I'm the type of person that if we keep having the same conversation over and over again, eventually I'm going to stop talking to certain people because, if we keep having the same conversation over and over, why is there no new solution, you know? So as far as what Mr. Flat Shoals said, um, the rapper has the most dangerous job in the world. I disagree. Rapping is not the most dangerous job in the world. It's entertainment. Yes, it puts you in front of more eyes and supposedly gives you more influence than a lot of other occupations, but I disagree with it being the most dangerous job in the world. Um, it's not dangerous, but the mentality that we see most of these rappers have, that is what's dangerous about the occupation of being a rapper. So... And I'm going to skip around to some of these points. So what's dangerous is the mentality. And the same thing I'm going to say, because somebody else, let me just get into somebody else who sent in comment. Dang, I didn't put it on here. I thought I took a screenshot of it, but I guess not. But um, P.Jax was basically saying, you know, what about gun violence? And I disagree <laughs> with the with the with the notion that the issue is guns. Guns are literally just a tool, okay? Guns are literally just a tool and they have no power except by extension of the person holding on to that tool and except by the extension or the intention of the person using the the tool or the weapon in this case, okay? So we're not gonna blame guns. We're gonna blame the mentality. And for a long time, especially for me, 
I honestly have not been liking rap music. I don't, I haven't been listening to rap music for years. Music in general has lost its appeal. And I want to say even before I got into the music industry, even before I started pursuing audio engineering and different careers in the audio field, music lost a lot of feeling for me. Um, I really haven't liked new music since after Young Money Cash Money took over <laughs> from like 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. Probably honestly after I graduated high school. Um, but yeah, basically after Nikki and Drake and Wayne took over, after that music was not really that exciting for me anymore. Um, and maybe that is accurate with, you know, once I started pursuing it, pursuing music as a career. But the reason why I say I haven't been connecting to music is because it's been very poisonous over the years, especially rap music. And I just noticed a shift from what we're talking about in general in music. It just irritates me. I don't like it. So what I've noticed over the years is, you know, I grew up during the 90s and early 2000s. I really enjoyed the kind of music that R&B came out with. I really enjoyed the topics that R&B had. Now, some people would argue that, you know, you know, R&B was always talking about cheating on somebody or just having sex yeah, that might be true, but the point being that it wasn't talking about killing anybody. It wasn't it wasn't glamorizing a certain lifestyle or a certain substance or a certain way of treating people, you know? It was taking accountability for hurting somebody that you say that you love a lot of times. So it was it was recognizing it was recognizing issues with treatment. It was recognizing, you know, I did something wrong to this person. Unfortunately, what a lot of the music has become for whatever reason, and I saw a video earlier, I don't know the guy's name, but I'm assuming he's some kind of lawyer or something like that. But for some reason in the black culture specifically, we have been, I don't know, programmed to believe that a certain lifestyle is glamorous. We've been influenced to believe that we are only going to make a lot of money in certain industries, in sports and in rap music, but then we're not even signed for positive stuff. Most of the music that's been coming out over the years has been trapped. Like, honestly, music went from telling your story and telling talking about how music went from telling your story and talking about different experiences that you went through and it talked about you know that's what made it relatable it went from talking about the stuff that people had actually lived to glamorizing stuff that people don't even want to be a part of anymore so like certain people that are coming straight to my mind right now would be like you know T.I. or like Gucci or Jeezy, right? Um, a lot of these people came from the streets and they talked about it. And what was cool about it is they were telling us about their experiences. But the difference was that they actually lived through it. And oh, Jay-Z, of course, maybe um, Nas, um, just, just a bunch of different rappers. And it's been a minute since I've listened to some of these people in a while. But 
the difference was they actually lived through the stuff that they did, right? But they were not actively trying to pursue that lifestyle or act as though that was something that they wanted to stay a part of, right? Girl, 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 lay your tail down. So I think the issue that I started noticing was people, too many people got caught up in the lifestyle of what it looks like to be a rapper, you know, the gold chains, the partying, the drinking, um, fucking multiple, mm, am I keeping this clean? Having sex with multiple women, calling women bitches and hoes and just, all right, I'm gonna put you down cause you're distracting me. It like, it changed, you know? Um, and suddenly like in the black community, I will say that Unfortunately, there's always been a culture of making it uncool to be smart or uncool to speak properly. Like I, I remember even growing up, right? Like if you if you were a young black kid and you spoke properly, you were acting white or you were trying to be one of them, trying to be like a white person, right? But it's not you're trying to be white or act white. You're literally just speaking proper English. And so it was look down upon for you to have to speak proper English to read English properly to be able to read honestly it was not cool for you to go to school and make good grades and you know care about grades and then somehow that shifted into it wasn't cool to show people that you love them or talk about them um so even for like little black boys right you're discouraged from thinking that things like that is cool. And then for black boys, y'all get scooped up in the glamour of, you know, getting caught up in gangs or robbing people or just doing little dumb stuff that boys do, getting into fights and all kind of stuff like that. Um, I wanna go back to, my thing is, Greg Keys said earlier, my thing is if you worth 26 million, why are you even present at a dice game? Not to victim blame, but damn. So yeah, um, let me get off my little soapbox of what I'm saying with, you know, going way back to my childhood. And this was like the early 90s, right? Being teased for making good grades. I don't think girls got it as much as the boys did, but for some reason it was advertised to the boys that, you know, it's not cool to know proper English. It's not cool to speak properly. It's not cool to spell properly. It's not cool to be making good grades in and out of school if you get held back, then ah, ha ha ha, people are laughing at you. Like people act like it's okay for you to not, you know what I'm saying? It's, they acting like it's okay for you to not take pride in being smart, which is weird because on another note, some of the best criminals are also the most intelligent people, but that's beside the point. So yeah, the whole point of that being that suddenly music turned away from talking about real life experiences and talking about some of the things you've been through and it went to look what I have built from this but it's not as a result of me selling drugs like I'm in a better position because of certain things but I'm not selling drugs to maintain a certain lifestyle I am selling drugs because I want to get out of this life and I want a better existence and something what does Steph C said he said something that I thought was really dope I'm gonna get into it once I get to that comment but basically you know suddenly music became about flexing and talking ish about other people and 
ishing on other people and it's just you know the fakeness of it all like I knew what the hell is all that banging I think it's the kids next door like I knew that you know they say the music industry is a lot of smoke and mirrors right and I knew that but it's really just gotten out of hand to the point where you know people will rent houses to make it look like they live a certain way They'll rent chains or they'll buy fake jewelry to make it look like they spent a lot of money on certain things. They will rent cars to and switch out cars to make it look like they can afford these different things. But really, they're just switching up the leases on them. They don't own this stuff and they look cool. But then at the end of the day, you go back and you don't own anything that you have. You're portraying a lifestyle that you can't keep up with for yourself. You're portraying like even going out to the like it's not sustainable to be going to the club every other night and fucking we're this is just going to be an explicit it's not sustainable to be going out to the club every every other night it's not sustainable to be fucking on multiple women all the time it's not sustainable to be living like a quote rock star and doing all these different drugs every other night it's not sustainable but for some reason it's been glamorized and specifically to the black community right the example of having only a few industries advertised to us like these are the only two things you can do to be really really successful and big you can play ball or you can be a rapper or an artist and I've actually thought about this for myself before you know like I am an artist and I recognize that I don't want to advertise this industry as something that we should all be striving for because as a community the reason why we are weak is because everybody thinks that You can only play ball or do music to make it up out of whatever situation. And because going back to, you know, the culture of making it not cool to be smart and do things outside of playing ball and doing music, it's demonized, it's looked down upon or you're made fun of for wanting to be a doctor, for wanting to be a nurse, for wanting to be a therapist, for wanting to be a, for wanting to, I don't know, study animals and for wanting to take pictures like you know for wanting to be a fashion designer whatever whether you're male or female there's just a lot of different industries that we could get into but for some reason it's been called uncool when it comes to our kids you know and being an artist myself I can recognize that this is not an industry that I, I that I would even want to encourage someone to get into unless they already have that love for music or they see themselves doing this, you know, not just because it looks cool, but because they genuinely have the talent for it and they can, you know, they would actually be good at it. But all of that to say the music has been poisoned for a long time and it's not even just rap music. It's just that rap music, the guns have been glamorized. The killing has been glamorized. The gang life has been glamorized. Talking like you don't have any sense has been glamorized. Looking crazy. Like, I'll be honest with y'all, the huge dookie dreads and the gold chains and the sagging pants and the overclothed t- oversized t-shirts and walking like you got something wrong with your leg. Like, it looks dumb as hell to me. And as a woman, none of that shit is attractive. And, but that's what a lot of black males think. Now, for females, right? we have all this toxic music that's coming out and so it's you know bitch if I don't like you I can take your man or (laughs) dookie yeah (laughs) bitch if I don't like you I'll take your man or when I get a nigga I'm just using him for his bag I might make my own money but I'm not spending it I'm gonna spend his if he don't got money then I'm not fucking him if he you know what I'm saying like it's just 
a rotting of the mind that is happening. And people want to say like, you know, well, you can't blame rap music. Yes, you can, because uh, rap music does not glorify positive things. And I wonder why it is made to look so cool to black people. But then you look at other communities and they're obviously not dying the way that we are by our own hands statistically you will you are more likely to have a crime committed against you by somebody who looks like you just because that's most likely who you're around all the time so we're you know that's a whole different conversation but no other community i don't see country stars like this i don't see i don't see pop stars going through this i don't see i don't see bollywood i i, I don't see reggaeton artists going through these kinds of things you know so not all niggas got class. No niggas got class. Like I, I hate the, I hate the, the want to identify as a nigga, a real nigga even like, why can't we just be men and women? I don't want to be a bad bitch. I don't want to be a real ass bitch. Like, why can't we just be men and women? Right. Maurice Beat says it's very cool to be a doctor and a lawyer and a businessman. I agree. I agree. So For me, the rap music has been poisonous for a very long time. And especially in the past five years, R&B is no longer the R&B that I recognize and love. It's all toxic music. And we wonder why the black community specifically and the relations between black men and black women, we wonder why it's in the state that it's in. Well, listen, what, what kind of music are we making? And people want to say, well, you can't blame everything on the rap music because who should be rap should not be raising your kids. You as a parent should be raising your kids, but you can't control everything that your kids consume or everything that your kids go out and take in, you know? So, and music is a huge weapon and it, 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 music is a huge weapon and it influences and has such a farther reach and it looks cooler. So people are paying attention to it more than you know how they're supposed to be raised or how their parents might want them to act you know so you look at the music and being a rapper is a choice making that kind of music is a choice and there's not enough emphasis on what it means to be what it means to manifest there's not enough emphasis or education on what it means to you know suscept yourself to certain energy people don't truly understand what law of attraction means people don't really pay attention to what you're feeding your mind and your body and your spirit right so you have this music which is powerful You think it's just a nice beat with a nice cadence. You're not even listening to the music. You're not even listening to the words. And subconsciously, you're feeding yourself murder, kill music, drugs, bitches, hoes, sex, money, cars, all these different things, like guns. So subconsciously, even if you don't care what they're saying on the track, you're still feeding that to yourself. So you you have to care about more than just the beat. You have to care about more than just the cadence. You have to care about what's actually being said on the track. And when you are constantly speaking certain things, because people, there are actually people who learn the lyrics and recite these things back 
and sing it in a club like a club is nothing but a pool of energy right the dj has a lot of power and maybe we need to get on dj's asses too because they control what becomes popular and what gets spun in the clubs and these party situations and you know sports events and different gatherings but to get back to the music right if you are constantly talking about fucking somebody taking somebody's bitch taking somebody's nigga if you're constantly talking about doing drugs and you know money and fashion and cars and all those different things whether you're saying it explicitly or whether whether you are implicitly allowing it to enter into your mind and your body that is the type of energy that is the type of thinking that you are allowing to get into your head and you're allowing it to desensitize you and you're allowing it to corrupt you why would I want to feed myself those things so for me I haven't liked rap music for a very long time because I saw the shift and I noticed that literally every rapper was talking about the same thing and it just never appealed to me because even niggas who used to be in the street life they don't want to be in the street life anymore so it's like why all the real the quote-unquote real niggas that I know they don't want to be in the streets so why is it being so heavily promoted to us like why why are little black boys like being led to believe that this shit is cool when I know real people who have done it and they are trying to get out of it they're doing it up to a certain point so they don't have to do it anymore nobody wants to be a part of this life and the only way out is death or prison in which case you become a slave to either or but um let me try to get my thoughts together right so going back to the idea that it's a choice beats from a south star says it's the person paying for the narrative that's another layer to the conversation it is the powers that be in cahoots with the owners of the labels pushing a certain agenda and making it harder for real content for positive content making that harder for it to be mainstream like why is all this toxicity so mainstream like even I don't want to seem like a hater but even down to artists like Janae Aiko or Summer Walker they get so much praise for the kind of music that they're making when it might really be their experiences but there's no balance right like they might have really gone through some of the fucked up stuff that they talk about in their music but that's all that we ever hear and then you got two three four albums worth of the same type of material so you ain't learned nothing from your past situation there's no personal development and growth from these things right but why is this music why does this music continue to get pushed on the women's side, it's all toxic and fuck these niggas and I can do it myself. I'm independent. I got my own bag, but I'll spin his too. It's, I don't need to submit to no nigga. I don't like girls want to be the niggas these days. And it's really irritating as a woman, why all these women want to be so masculine. And then there's the agenda of wanting to demasculinize men, but we're not on that conversation right now. Right. Um, the music is a choice, right? So unfortunately, the 
value that is seen when it comes to rappers and the kind of lifestyle that they supposedly live. Unfortunately, black people, a lot of black people see money and cars and clothes as a sign of status, as a signifier that somehow you've made it because you can afford to do these things. So the fact that you take young black people who come from the streets and they want to quick come up because of course rapping is easier than being out in the streets and selling dope and having gang wars and fighting niggas on the streets and always looking over your shoulders. Of course, it's a lot easier than doing that shit. I would rather rap about it than have to actually live it. And then you got these labels offering money to talk about that stuff, not realizing that. And then the labels put you on such a high platform that you have influence over millions of people and younger people think it's cool because it looks fun and you're glamorizing a certain lifestyle that you're not even in anymore. I think another example of this would be um, when people found out that Future wasn't doing nearly as many drugs as he was talking about in his music. (laughs) He had stopped doing drugs like literally or lean, I think specifically. He had stopped doing that years before certain types of music that that he was making. But he was still talking about it in his music because that's what people wanted to hear. So you got to wonder, like, you know, black people already have a messed up value system of thinking that having the biggest houses, the newest cars, the most name brand clothes, having the most money. For some reason, too many of us think that that is a sign of success. And yes, it can be, but it's really not the only sign of success. But then you take the fact that so many of us come from poverty and we are a minority and labels shove money in your face and then they put you on this huge platform and give you the influence to reach out to millions of people who look up to you and you're glorifying these lifestyles and these ideologies and these mindsets and these mentalities. And you wonder why you have a generation of people coming up who have no regard for life. They don't value life. They're so quick to turn to guns instead of fist fighting. Nobody wants to take an L. Everybody thinks they have an op. Everybody wants to take someone else's bitch. They never want to have a woman of their own. Everybody wants to fuck on a bitch. They want to give love to the homies, but it's fuck these hoes. For the women, it's real ass bitch. Give a fuck about a nigga. And we just, these are the kinds of messages that are in the music. And There is no real connection being promoted in the music. It's I'm going to get what I want to get. And anybody who gets in my way, if they're not going to let me use them and if they're not going to let me have my way, then they're not going to be in my life or I'm going to take them off this planet. That's the type of content that's being pumped into our heads by this music. So I get it because unfortunately, a majority of the black community, we have this value of money, right? So the people who accept these signings as rap artists, you know, I remember there was a few months ago, maybe even a few years ago when Cardi B got online and she was crying about not making, not wanting to make the kind of music that she's been having to make, but you signed a contract. You have to make this kind of music. <laughs> I think uh, Sukihana did the same thing. She was like, I don't really want to make this stuff. And she was crying, snot and tears running all down her eyes and her face talking about, I don't want to do this, but I already, I already signed my soul away basically. Then for what? For the money. And it's a special kind of hell that 
you have to live in to realize that this is not really like, even if you want to grow as a person, you're stuck in a contract that tells you, you can only make a certain type of music and you can only give like, and if you don't give us, you know, if you don't make this money back, if you don't recoup, then you're going to be signed to us forever making this kind of music. And this is the kind of music that's making money. So you have to make this. Otherwise you're not going to make the money back that we need you to make. So you can buy yourself out of this contract, right? It's a special kind of hell to want to grow personally, but because of a contract that you signed saying that you have to make a certain type of content, you can't even publicly show that you are not the kind of person that's being portrayed in the music that you signed up to, you signed up to record and perform and push in front of millions of people. Official Mr. Flash Show 74 says the connection is bad. The keeps pausing. Oh, my connection is bad. Ay, ay, ay. Well, <clears throat> I'm just going to keep on talking and y'all just going to have to catch this on the replay, I guess. Thanks, Xfinity. I really dislike Xfinity. Hold on. I was getting on a soapbox too. Let me see if this helps at all. Yeah. Let me see if this helps at all. I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's a special kind of hell to have to want to live one way and be one way. But because of a contract that you signed, you can't even be that publicly. So even if you want to do better, you can't even make it seem like you want to do better because you signed a contract that said, this is the character that I will be portraying for however many albums. And do you know how long it takes to fulfill that kind of contract? Like five album deals, 10 album deals. That's your entire career. It's, it's slavery. It's slavery. <laughs> but it all does come down to a choice. You know, if we weren't so wrapped up in getting the money or maybe because I've thought about this too sacrificing myself to get the money for my family and then hoping that they will do something more constructive with it than what I signed on to do for it. You know, maybe they want to be the sacrifice to put their family in a new position, but then, you know, the lifestyle sucks up everybody around you. I don't know. I don't know. But it does come down to a choice, you know, you can sign on to make the kind of music that they want you to make, to make the kind of money that they are, that they want to, you know, supposedly give you. Who the fuck is, who is this at my door, bro? If it's this fucking neighbor, I'm going to have a problem. Fuck this guy. Why the fuck are you at my door at 840 at night? Anyway, yeah, this is going to be an explicit this is going to be an explicit episode because uh, I'm pissed off about a lot of things, but it all does come down to a choice, right? So the choice to rap about murder and the choice to sign up to rap about murder and drugs and bitches and money and smoking and drinking and sex and all kinds of things, right? There's always a choice. And like I said, unfortunately, a lot of black people have chosen money over morality and I talked about this last month 
All money is not good money. This is an example of that. They are literally giving you a certain amount of money, which is a loan. They are giving you a certain amount of money to live in a special kind of hell. You got all this money, but you can only ever talk about this. And then as far as energy and the law of attraction, the more you speak about it, the more it's on your mind, the more you are attracting it. And then they put you in these clubs, they put you in these arenas and you are controlling the energy of the room and you are manipulating the energy of everybody who comes to buy a a ticket to watch you perform on stage. And you're corrupting their energy. You're corrupting their subconscious. You're corrupting what's on their mind. They just think it's a catchy beat and a catchy cadence. They just think it's a catchy beat and a catchy cadence. They don't like, some people are so slow, they don't even pay attention to what they're saying. They don't live this type of life, but they wonder why they're walking around with anxiety and depression and Suddenly they're having a hard time connecting to other people. Well, what are you consuming? Even down to your social media, what what kind of pages are you following? I had to stop following the shade room because they kept posting Krishan and Blueface. This young woman who is always beating up on his ass and he retaliates sometimes and beats her ass. She's always drunk. It's a very narcissistic, codependent kind of situation. It's abusive. It's not healthy. I don't want to see that on my timeline. So I stopped following those pages, you know? And, it, and what kind of music are you choosing to consume? You have to wonder, you know, when it comes to the artists and the managers, as black people, we have to have more accountability I don't have to sign this deal just because they're throwing a big bag at me. It is harder. It is harder to build yourself up as an independent artist and learn the structure that you need to be successful independently. And it's a lot of footwork and it is easier to to take advantage of the systems and the machine that the labels have. But ultimately, you can choose not to sign a deal that will cause you to have to be something that you don't want to be, that will cause you to not be able to grow in a way that you would want to grow musically and personally. But I get it. It's hard. They flash a bag in front of you and you you some of these young dudes, they from the streets. It's an easy way out. They don't even realize what they're signing their lives over to. That's the sad part. But it is a choice and we have to take some kind of accountability as a community. Why do so many of our kids or young boys, young women feel like they have to sign over? Like, why is there a rush to get all of this money when you could be investing in other things like women? We have hair. We've got beauty, you know, nails, makeup. We've got um, even though. that's another hard conversation a lot of black women are not becoming doctors but becoming certified to be able to do Brazilian butt lifts and do butt injections and ice sculpting and you know to augment or to manipulate a woman's body and that's 
kind of a direct offshoot of what rap music has put into everyone's minds that we have to look a certain way as women. And so that's another. And then for women, right, you put the imagery of the only women who get signed are the ones who've done a BBL. The only women who get signed are the ones who have the most expensive wigs. They maintain these long talon nails. They have the Chanel bags and they have, you know, Mugler and Balmain and all these different brand names. And they'll never be seen looking not done up, you know women are brainwashed in a way as well and it it makes us it makes it so that we feel like we're only reduced to what we can offer physically through our bodies and that's the part that gets to women so we're we've got a different war against us for men it makes y'all believe that killing is cool it makes y'all believe that life is not as valuable you know um and that brings me to the next point right Guns, in my opinion, are not the real issue. Like I said, mentality is. And it's an issue of not valuing life. And it's an issue of being so quick to want to take someone's life or being honestly being so scary that niggas don't even want to throw hands anymore because they're afraid to take an ass whooping. Even though you can get your ass beat, but at least you, you might you might limp off to fight another battle but at least you're still alive right like why does it escalate to a gun fight so quickly it's because people are scared and all the music says you know we not fighting fair we spinning the block on the ops we killing niggas we we what was that song i did um r&b girl reacts on my youtube channel and i listened to this song called no name dropping by j dot breezy and one of the lines, which is really stupid to me, says, um, we got a hundred rounds. We ain't never missing. We shoot for minutes. And I'm thinking, if you ain't never missing, why do you need a hundred rounds? And why do you need to shoot for minutes? But it's just, you know, does that sound cool? Apparently, because he's got like, what, over a million views on that particular video. Um, I don't. And I think in that reaction, I I don't like the song. (laughs) The only redeeming quality of that particular song was the fact that the mix was good and I could actually understand everything he was saying. He wasn't mumbling. Um, But I don't like that kind of music. I don't like recording that kind of music. And um, I want to get into another comment from a conversation that I had in my DMs. Again, the question, what are your thoughts on the passing of takeoff from the Migos? And from Hugh Steph, he said, I think this plus PNB Rock's death is sparking more people to contribute less to the violence in our music. The death of PNV was when I decided to not sell any of my production to artists who rap about gang shit and killing other black men and women. Funny enough, I never wanted to make drill beats, and I think subconsciously it's because of what it's primarily built on. And then I did a little back and forth. I said, "Mm, see, that's the kind of personal responsibility and sacrifice everyone will have to make on some level. How am I contributing to the problem? Whether it's engineering the music, producing the instrumentals for the music, consuming the music, etc. That's the conversation too many people are avoiding. 
And then, you know, last week's Lex chat was inspired by, I've recently fell out with the manager of a couple of clients of mine, but I said, it's funny. I actually just fell out with the manager of a client who makes drill and murder music. He was upset with my vibe. Admittedly, I wasn't as invested in recording. I meant to say recording. Admittedly, I wasn't as invested in recording that artist's song over the other artist who talked about empowering women. It was interesting. And then Hugh Steph replied, so far, I've seen two other people holding their self accountable. And then in response to me telling him how I fell out with the manager of the artist, he said, low vibrations, that's all it was. They have issues. So making depressing music and low vibrating frequencies feel good to them. You see how these guys come in the studio all the time, half dead, very standoffish, bland personality, always ready to be on savage mode. And life is so much more than looking over your shoulders. That part, I wish these young rappers would understand. Life is so much more than looking over your shoulders. And I responded back, and what sucks about that is this manager actually had two male rappers. Both haven't even graduated high school yet. One of them got caught up in an attempted murder case, like, bruh. Then I try to ask the artist, what do you actually want to share in your music? Because I don't know what you're talking about in any of your music and don't relate to it. What's going to make you last in music is being relatable. He couldn't tell me what he wanted to say. Only that he didn't want to share too much, which in my opinion, misses a major part of making music. So based off of that part, um, official Mr. Flat Shoal 74 in the chat just said, it's very few J. Cole, Nas, Common, Drake type of rappers. Most of us come from the streets. The younger generation raised on gangster stuff. Us older guys had better artists to look up to and want to be like. Um... Y'all had, eh, I don't know that y'all had better. J. Cole is not in the same time as Nas and Common. J. Cole and Drake are not in the same time span as Nas and Common. But yeah, even music like Common and Most Def and De La Soul, early Kanye West, that was good rap music. That was more than a just than just about the gangster stuff, right? But like I said earlier in the chat, like rap music went from commenting about struggles and commenting about things that people actually went through and things that people were doing to get out of those situations and shedding a light to injustices by police officers back then, funny enough, which we're still going through. It went from talking about that and from being a voice for the people to literally just being a big dick competition essentially like you know who's got the most money who's got the most cars who can lie about it the best honestly because a lot of these niggas really be broke that's a conversation people don't want to have but going back to the commentary that Hugh Stuff was talking about you know he said he doesn't want to sell his beats to artists who are going to talk about that that drill and murder type of music and that is how we on an individual level take back our accountability and our what's the word I'm looking for um I guess accountability and responsibility 
Like so many people keep wanting to point fingers outside of themselves and outside of the actual issue. The issue with this situation is not, it's not gun violence because violent people are going to find a way to be violent no matter what kind of tool they have. If it's not guns, it's knives. If it's not knives, niggas will run you over with a car. If it's not a car, niggas will poison you. They will beat you to death with their hands. So it that's violent people, people who rush to do violent things. The tool doesn't matter. They were going to be violent all along anyway. So the, the, the issue is deeper than the tool being used. The issue is why are so many people jumping to the conclusion of taking a life? I think um, I want to put maybe, maybe I'll put it in this audio from these YouTubers that I watch named Abba and Preach. And they did commentary on Takeoff's death and said, you know, people act like it's so hard to take a L. Like nobody wants to take a L anymore. Nobody wants to make a mistake. Nobody wants to look uncool. But somehow killing someone and, you know, having to go to jail for the rest of your life or having someone retaliate against you and then kill you in return. Somehow that's cooler than just taking a loss for the day, but being able to walk away from a situation alive. You know, I might put mm, I don't know if I'll put that audio in there, but check it out. I'll bring preach on YouTube. Um, I always enjoy their commentary on a wide range of topics. But, you know. Like I said, with the rappers and the managers who, and the A&Rs even, who choose to seek out these kinds of artists who do this kinds of music, that's a choice. Like even, even with this, um, even with this, dang, I thought I had, I, I know I put more in there, but basically um, the rest of the conversation that I was having with Hugh Stefner, it's, you know, the manager is an, is a younger black, he's a young black guy, but he's older than these kids. Them kids are not even, they haven't even graduated high school yet. One of them got caught up on an attempted murder charge. And this is the type of music they make, you know? And instead of like, God, and this guy owns businesses, man, but I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't want to mentor them to do other shit. Instead, it's more like this is what's making money right now. This is what my young niggas like to talk about. So how can we fit into that and how can we make our money off of that? Even though you are attracting negative energy, you're attracting a certain lifestyle, you're attracting certain energies to you by participating in this kind of music. It's a choice. The artists don't have to sign up to make this kind of music. The managers don't have to manage these type of artists. A&Rs don't have to sign these types of artists. And for people, well, other people in the music, let's, let's stick with that. Engineers don't have to record these kinds of artists. Producers don't have to produce for these kinds of artists. And then when we get to the consumer level, people don't have to buy this kind of content. And people think that just because something is pushed on the radio, that that's what's hot. That's what they should be listening to. Like, no, radio and television is programming. Who owns these huge media companies like Viacom? Is it the Jews? Who owns the labels? You know, 
And if I decide to put that audio from the lawyer in here, the labels are in cahoots with the government who have an agenda. They're telling you what's hot by throwing it in front of you and acting like, and a lot of people are acting like they have no other choice. Well, this is what's on the radio. Turn the radio off. Well, this is what's on Spotify. Block that playlist or block that stream of music. This is what's on YouTube. Stop watching those channels. Go do something else with your time, you know? Beats from a South Star said they told them this is hot. (laughs) Yeah. But not all of them are bad. And not all of them are bad, but um, good people have to be just as tough as so-called bad people. And to kind of take it to a spiritual level, right? The devil will give you things very quickly and upfront. Whereas those who are trying to live a more righteous life, it seems like we never get it fast enough because we're trying to do things the right way. You know, people think that you're not going to suffer challenges. People think that you're not going to you're not going to be poor. You're not going to have hardships just because you follow God. But people who follow God get tested the most, okay? And it's actually the devil who gives you things quickly and upfront because he wants to bait you into thinking that you've won. Same thing, like, you know, going back to, you know, you think you won because you've been signed to this major label and they threw $500,000 at you upfront. But then you forget to read closely over your contract and you realize, damn, I can only make one type of music. I can only show one type of persona. I can only dress like this. I have to talk like this. I have to be a caricature. They got you. That's a special type of hell that you have to live in now because you signed your life away. Because you thought you won. You thought you won. Because you got it supposedly so fast, right? supposedly overnight sensation why do you think people who make this bullshit ass music they get signed first because that's what that's how it's designed that's what they want it's corrupting minds and entertainment is supposed to be a form of escape I I enjoyed a lot of the music from the 70s and the 80s because you know in the 70s there was a lot of unrest and a lot of uh like riots and, you know, demonstrations against certain things that the government was doing. And the music reflected a lot of that. It was empowering, you know, like Curtis Mayfield. Just remember, brothers and sisters, you can still stand tall. Just be thankful for what you got, you know. Larry Nolan says, this is what it's going to have to take, though. That's hard if the bad control the most. The bad control the most because the good are so scared. And to include myself a lot of times, we just really want to be out the way. But the most toxic people, they want to be loud and in your face because that's all they have. And we give them power by giving attention. We give them power by reposting them. Or we give them power by not shutting them down. Good people got to be just as loud 
as these bad people, just as loud as these ratchet ass mindsetted people. But that's the problem. And I struggle with it too. Just because I'm a good person don't mean I need to be quiet all the time. I need to speak up and stand up. Speak up, you know? I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it too. So let's see here. Um, Another lesson that I didn't, I forgot to write down in my notes, but it's, it's on my mental, right? The messed up part about the whole takeoff situation is you don't even have to be the one that's in the altercation. Because according to the reports that were coming in, right? He wasn't even arguing. He was standing off to the side, quiet, unproblematic. It was Quavo who got into an argument with somebody. That anger was directed at Quavo. And apparently it was people on the Migos side in Migos camp that reacted and escalated the situation. Somebody from the Migos camp got more upset than Quavo or, or, or maybe somebody hit, I don't know, or maybe somebody from the other side hit Quavo and then people on the Migos side overreacted and immediately pulled out guns. So aside from, you know, I know we want to help our family or whatever. If your family is not professional security who don't know how to what the fuck is friendly fire? That makes no sense. I hate that phrase, friendly fire. Friendly fire, the only place that exists is in a gun range. When you are pulling out your weapon, I own a gun, okay? Lexi got the answer, so I, <laughs> I don't have all the answers, but I do have some solutions. But the problem with my solutions is they're hard and people don't like doing hard shit. People don't, want to do what they don't feel like doing. There's so many things that I don't feel like doing, but they are important things that need to get done. You know, but people don't want to do it because it's not fun and they don't feel like it. But you there are things that are necessary that you're not going to feel like doing all the time. And that's the problem. We, we think everything is supposed to feel good. But anyway, before I get off on that soapbox, right? They say it was friendly fire. That's the dumbest phrase ever. When you, I'm a gun owner myself. I am not pulling out my gun unless I am intending on shooting someone and killing. I have already weighed the thought in my head that I am going to kill someone if I have to pull out this gun. There's no such thing as friendly fire unless you're at a gun range. So I hate that. But my point being this, right? When you make it to a certain level, you can no longer be around certain people and you can no longer be around certain activities because of what what comes with the mentalities of the people who are in certain situations that you should no longer be in. Takeoff is the most unproblematic member of the Migos. You never heard anything about him in blogs or gossip sites. You never heard of him being in any drama Except for the whole, you know, wrap it up then thing that happened at some award show, right? <laughs> but you never heard about him being in any drama. In my opinion, I don't listen to the Migos music because I don't relate to nothing that they say. Some of the stuff they make, 
it's cool for the club, I guess. But I I don't listen to their music because I just don't like it. <laughs> Y'all might be upset at me for that, but I just don't. It doesn't resonate with me. Um, even bad and bougie, like it's a cool song. The cadence is cool. I like the uh, the beat or whatever. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I've done a cover to that song, but anyway. He's the most, Takeoff was the most unproblematic member. In my opinion, outside looking in, it seemed like he was the most mature, the most level-headed, and the most in control of his emotions. Not to say that he didn't make mistakes that we just happened to not be able to see um, publicly, right? But in that situation, he was the most level-headed and the most in control. When you make it to a certain level, you can't be around niggas anymore. A dice game? What, what were they at? Like some train station or something? It, it looks, it just don't look good. Around this guy named Jay Prince, who supposedly has mob ties. Like, you mean gang affiliation? You supposed to check in? You a grown ass man, you gotta check in? Like, I'm a civilian. I don't know nothing about the street life. But a lot of shit that people tell me makes no fucking sense to me. Being a real gangster, I'm not checking in with no grown ass man telling me where I can and cannot go when I come to the city excuse me but anyway but anyway my point being you can't be around certain people and they're at a pool hall okay thank you you can't be around certain people and you have to you definitely have to take inventory of the kind of people you allow yourself to be around and who you allow to be around you Unfortunately, Quavo in this situation looks like more of a hothead and whoever it was on their team who pulled out the gun and started shooting, they are a hothead. So now take off the most unproblematic person in the whole situation. He's the one that takes the hit because these dumb niggas who don't know how to control their emotions and these niggas who supposedly got all this money you getting mad over losing some bands? If you ain't want to lose no money, why are you playing the game? That's the risk you take. And that's the risk you take being around those people as well. They used to run in niggas' pockets. Like, come on. But you really got to be careful once you make it to that level. Who you are around and who you allow yourself to be around. And the situations that you get into. And the situations that you allow others to get you into. Beats from a South Star says they rapping about that life. That's what comes with it. Yeah. It's like, no, when you accidentally shoot your own teammate. Yeah. You can't go back to the old days you used to do. Exactly. You can't go back to the old days. Official Mr. Flat Show 74 says, I mentioned that check-in shit. When you go to other cities, niggas want you to get permission. I can't be street because ain't no way I'm grown and I'm a check-in with somebody else. Can I be in your city or not? I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. It's just, it's just unfortunate all around though, you know? And uh, that's why I said, you know, good people, we got to be just as cutthroat 
in certain ways. We got to be just as cutthroat. We got to be just as loud as all the bad people. The only reason why the bad looks so fun is because they're the ones getting all the attention. And I had this conversation with someone before, right? And then I'm going to wrap this up. <laughs> and the problem is they don't own this. They don't, you going to check in with a grown man, you grown and you going to check in with somebody who don't even own the city. They don't own land. They don't own shit. And you going to tell me what land I can and cannot like, man. But another conversation I had with somebody before, right? It's, <laughs> oh gosh, let me, let me get the, let me get the thought back. I'm not going to the hood in no one else's city. That's crazy. Shake my head. Um, as it pertains to people, good people have to be loud too. The only reason why the bad gets so much attention is because they're the loudest. If good people were just as loud as bad people, maybe it would be more balanced out to the, the types of lifestyles we see given attention and glorified, you know? I think good people need to get a little bit of that wretched energy. And this is me talking to myself as well. There's a lot of ways that I don't stand up for myself. And oh, here's the point I was gonna make. The reason why good people aren't as loud online is because we are legitimately satisfied with our lives. And we're not out here trying to prove anything. So we don't feel like we have to be in the same spaces because we have peace. We don't need validation outside of ourselves, outside of the people who we deemed worthy of wanting validation from or wanting energy and presence with, you know? So the reason why we don't see more positive things is because the positive people are more than likely living life outside of these stupid apps. The good people, we're enjoying our good, quiet life. <laughs> we're not into the drama, but we need to be just as loud as the bad that's out there. That's the problem with good people. We're not as loud. We're not as rowdy. And we need to, we need to take on some of that energy that some of these people do have. We need to be loud too. We need to be a little bit mean about pushing our own agenda for the sake of the goodness in this world. Only reason the bad is thriving so publicly and seemingly so such a majority is because the good people and and the people who are just complacent, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric too that gets thrown around outside of like the murder and the kill and the drugs and the music outside of the toxicity of the music. There's also people who are okay with everyone around them living their life as long as they don't affect me, right? Oh, well, you know, let people live how they want to live. Yes, to a degree. But if you continue to let everybody live how they want to live, certain behaviors and certain trends become synonymous with your community. Why do black people let so much bullshit slide? Larry Nolan too says, true, we may have to get gangster. Not we may have to, we need to be just as gangster, just as ready to throw down as some of these ratchet ass bad people. 
so <clears throat> excuse me um let me bring up your comment actually larry nolan too said i find myself not wanting to listen to rap anymore he should not have lost his life over a dice game however at that magnitude of the star you have to dissociate yourself with things or situations like that you can't go back to the same things we used to do we have to change boom and with that being said we're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing up um i really hope and i wonder if people don't listen to this podcast because it's an hour long or you know people don't like being told about themselves because it's uncomfortable but um you know, part of the reason why I started doing this podcast was to help educate people who want to be artists and who want to get involved in the music industry, but educate them on the different facets of the industry and different things to look out for creatively, um, people that you're around and politically, because it's a lot of stupid politics in the industry. I, this opens up what happened to takeoff opens up this conversation again of accountability. Um, the unfortunate and harsh truth is niggas keep blaming everything outside of themselves and black people seem too many black people seem to want some kind of outside force to help us and save us. And, you know, I would not call myself a Christian, but I do follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. I would call myself spiritual. Something that always irritates me about Christians in particular. Oh, we're going to pray about it. We're going to pray about it. The Bible itself says that faith without work is dead. You're going to pray yourself to death. You're going to pray yourself into inaction. You can do all things through Christ, but you choose to just pray all the time. When it's been said that we can do all things through Christ, we have literally been given God-like power to create and change our circumstances. So when people reduce themselves to just praying and always waiting for some outside source, what if that outside source, in this case, God, what if God is waiting for you to take action? Because I personally believe do what you can and where you fall short, that's where God comes in and proves like, hey, you can't take this all the way by yourself, but I see that you've been working. Let me help you along the way. Let me put you in situations that you could only get into because of me. But everybody just sit around praying Oh, I'm going to pray for you like, fuck that. Take action. Make a plan and do the things that you don't feel like doing, but things that need to get done because of what you say you want to do and who you say you want to be. And we have to take personal responsibility on an individual level. If we want certain things, we have to be willing to do certain things, whether we feel like it or not. Feelings are really only an indication of really like boundaries being crossed. You know, our body is telling us that either we like something or we don't like something. 
But feelings are not laws. Feelings are not facts. They're just indicators of things. People get too caught up on how they feel. But I really hate that people reduce the power that they have individually because they're always waiting for something outside of themselves to change something when we literally have the power to change things for ourselves. It's not always easy. Most of the time, it's not easy. But people are so afraid of anything being hard and people are so afraid of taking an L, of making a mistake, that they end up staying stagnant and not moving at all. So if you want to be a change, literally the cliche quote that we all hear, be the change you want to see, stop depending on the majority to change. Majority only becomes that way when a lot of individuals take that action. So do your part. If you're tired of seeing this kind of stuff happen, stop consuming the music, stop writing the music, stop signing the music, stop producing for these kinds of songs. Stop making it seem like the only thing that young black boys and girls can be good at to make a lot of money from is music and sports. Be an example of the possibilities Do that for yourself and shine in your direct sphere of influence. Shine in your community. So when people look at you, they say, damn, maybe I can do it because I see so-and-so doing it. And they're right here in my community doing it. And that's how you influence the majority. Do it for yourself, but stop waiting for other people Stop waiting for other people to give you a power that you have already. That's what I get irritated about. So blame the music? No. Blame the guns? No. Blame your lack of action. Blame you waiting around for someone else to make it happen. When you can be that. No, it's not going to be easy. But you said you wanted it. So you become it. Attract what you want by developing into what you want. And before I get even more preachy, I'm going to wrap up the Lex chat on that note. So I hope that y'all enjoyed this conversation. I hope it helped. And I hope that, you know, we don't just keep talking about, oh, we need to have a conversation. I'm tired of talking. We've had the same conversation for years. We know what the problem is. But everybody wants to act like we have to accept what's been thrown in front of us. So thank you all for listening. If you are on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, please like, review, subscribe, follow, leave a review. All of those things help me. It tells the algorithm that this is a good piece of content and that it should be pushed in front of a larger audience. And uh, if you're on YouTube, then leave a comment down below and tell me your thoughts on this whole situation and your thoughts on anything that I've said in this episode. I know this was a little bit longer, but also remember that um, these conversations are had live every Wednesday on Instagram at LexiATL at L-E-X-C-A-T-L every Wednesday on Instagram at 8 p.m. 
But if you miss the live conversation, you can catch the replay on Mondays at 8 a.m. on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Yes, yes. If you would like to go the extra mile to support me, then please consider becoming a patron of mine. Or you could just send me money on Cash App. It's it's everything is Lexi ATL. Cash symbol, Lexi ATL. But Patreon, for as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron and get early access to content and sometimes exclusive content and sometimes bonus content. And you also get to help steer the type of content that I put out. And uh, yeah, it's just really great. You can choose the, the upper tiers if you want to. But really, just that $5 a month would really go a long way to help me be able to do this kind of content more frequently. Okay, but thank you all so much for listening. And I really do hope that this helps open eyes and helps us move past the conversation and go into, okay, how do we, you know, put these things into action, right? So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Lexi. Until next time, peace.